Let us enter into his presence right now this morning, please. Let's pray. Lord God, Father in heaven, bless you once again this morning. It's that time again to enter into your presence. Pray you forgive us for our sins, which are infinite. Our sins against you, against you, are infinite. And so I pray, Father, you have mercy on us this morning. Pray, Father, that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit. And that all that we speak, all that we say, this day, will be filled with your love. Love for you, God, our Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Love for each other as members of the household of Jesus Christ household of God, the body of Christ. Pray that you speak to us this morning. Pray, Father, as we read, that you would teach us those things, Father, which are most important about you and about ourselves, our relationship with you, the covenant that you have made with us, so that we can truly honor you. In Jesus' name I ask and pray. Amen. Philippians chapter 2. Yesterday we talked a little bit about it. Philippians chapter 2. I really like Philippians chapter 2 because it talks a lot about our responsibility as covenant believers, new covenant believers, that is. It talks about our responsibilities as Christians to God and to one another. Paul speaks very well about these things. And I don't don't have enough time to really go into all the things that he speaks about. So what I plan to do is just read a few verses and hope that the Holy Spirit would speak about them, that you'll be blessed by these words, be encouraged. Beginning in verse 1, it reads, If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Jesus Christ, who being in very nature God, 
did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. I'm going to end there because there's more that Paul talks about. But clearly, Paul is saying, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the man who, during his first advent, gave his life. For the people of God. The world. He gave his life. He was obedient unto death. For you. For me. For us. He reconciled us. Unto God. The Father. So that we can. At any time. Speak with him. Talk with him, that is. And each day, we can rise and depend on his faithfulness. His faithfulness to provide us with all that we need for each day. And not only for, and not only that, but also we can depend on God to provide for us for eternity. In this sense, he's a very merciful God because he provides us with all that we need and much, much more. And many things that he provides for us, all the things that he provides for us, none of these things we're deserving. We must always remember that man and his every single Man and woman, every single boy and girl are in a state of, in a state, not a state, but in a state of sin and misery. Now, for many of us, it doesn't appear that way. Especially when you're young. When you're young and you're healthy, especially, it seems like you have eternity. You have eternity, and not only that, it seems as if your innocence, it seems as if you have no cares, no concerns, no worries. And anything that you do have, any cares or concerns or worries that you do have, they will soon pass away. Sort of blow over. So there's really no worry at all. But I'm here to tell you, 
being that we are in a state in a state of sin, meaning that when I say in a state of sin and misery, meaning that I mean I mean this. Clearly, if you really observe and you study our state as humankind, human as humankind, I mean every man, every woman every child, every boy and girl, and so forth. And all the things that are happening and all the things that are occurring, clearly we can do nothing but sin. And clearly we can do nothing but cause misery and pain and suffering. The good that we do do is always done out of selfish purposes, selfish reasons. And God has a problem with that. He has a problem with us. We must not forget this. He has a very serious problem with us. The kind of problem that God has with us we can't solve ourselves. He won't give us enough time to even try to solve it ourselves. Our time in this earth, our days are numbered for that purpose. To show us that he has a problem with us. And that he plans to fix it. And it's going to be fixed by that which he has provided our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now, it begins, God has begun fixing this problem with us, new covenant believers, the house belonging to the household of God. That's, that's the way God does things. He sees the problem. He's going to start where it's most important, and that is in his house, in his family. Being that we are part of his family, he has begun a new work in our inner person, our heart, changing our hearts. He has given us the Holy Spirit. Each and every one of us have the Holy Spirit to preserve us, to make us, as our confession says, heartily willing and ready from now on to live unto Him, God the Father. To live, to obey, to worship, to honor, to love the Lord our God with all our heart with all our mind, with all our soul, and with all our strength. And to love each other. And this is where we're at right now. This is at least where I'm at. And this is where I'm trying to take you. As Christians, as New Covenant believers, the Lord our God wants us, more than anything, to love each other. 
We're to love each other. And when I say love each other, really that word love doesn't really describe what I'm trying to say. For me, the best word is adore. That is to cherish one another, to protect one another. We have been given God-ordained roles in this family, which we must learn our responsibilities. And some of these responsibilities Paul is touching on or has touched on on what we have read today. For example, verse 3, it says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Let's start with that. Do you, when you are in conversation with one another, whether it be your brother or your sister, your mother or your father, or even your neighbor, those who are within your circle of influence, do you consider them better than yourselves? Think about it. Because if you don't, then as a new covenant believer, as a Christian, then something is wrong. Something is amiss in your life, in your heart. Repent! That's my message to you this, this morning. Repent. I'm speaking to all of us. Many times I realize, as I've been reading this and studying this, I don't do this often. I don't consider others better than myself. I forget that all mankind, humankind, every man, every woman, every child, every boy, every girl, are in a state of sin. And misery. All we can do is but sin against God. And yet, God loves us all. He cares for us all. He loves us so much that He gave His only begotten Son to die. For our sins. To suffer. To be crucified. To be humiliated. And so forth. I forget that. And so God wants us to look on one another. With that same love. He wants us to look on one another. With a humble spirit. Knowing that. For every wrong that we do, for every wrong that others do, that they do, now that's where I'm at, where they, what they do, murder, steal, cheat, so forth, there go we, if it were not for the grace of God. It is God that is keeping us from doing those things. And it's only God that can keep us from doing those things. And so we have to be very careful. We have to continue to remind ourselves that we too 
are in a state of sin and misery, that we too are deserving of God's eternal judgment and his condemnation, punishment. We're not perfect, none of us. And so these words that Paul is speaking here, he's telling us to be careful how we live. We're to look at Jesus Christ as our model and to imitate him. Jesus died out of obedience to God the Father for sinners. People who are only deserving of God's eternal judgment. So that's telling us that we have to be the same way with one another. We have to be forgiving of one another. We have to be careful how we accuse one another. Think of one another. How we handle our business from day to day. Let's make sure that when we do do it. That we should look not only to our own interests, but also to the interests of others. Let us make sure that our attitude is the same as that of our Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. Meaning that even though he is God, he is not concerned he is not concerned as much about that as he is concerned about the will of God the Father. Doing the Father's will. And we, to, we should be the same. Amen? So I hope these words encourage you. I hope you be blessed. I'm just trying to whet your appetite. Go back to Philippians chapter 2. Read it today. Read the entire chapter. Read it many times. Meditate on it. And when I say meditate on it, think of a cow. When a cow eats, it's called chewing its cud. It does that all day. It digests it. It goes through its stomach. It goes through, I think, several different stomachs before it, fully gets, before it gets fully digested. And we should do the same with God's Word. I want to encourage you to do the same with Philippians chapter 2. Amen? Let us pray. Lord God, Father, heaven bless you once again. Thank you, Father. I've gone over time. But I just want to ask, Father, that not our will be done, but your will be done today in this earth as we wait for the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name I ask and pray. Amen.